guys. Have a great day tomorrow and this weekend uh, with your family. And if you do, pop fireworks. Don't be like Terry. Get out of the way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't, that's okay. Come on, Terry. Reverse, Terry. <laughs> it's okay if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But just get out of the way. Be safe when you shoot the fireworks. But, uh, man, hope you guys had a great week this week. I know we did. We spent the week in Destin. We got a chance to hang out with Camden, uh, get away for a, a few days, and we had a great, great time. Hope you guys had a great time with your family as well. And, man, we're in the middle of a new sermon series entitled, what's the name of it? Y'all know? How you doing? How you doing? We're in the middle of a new sermon series called How You Doing? And last week we talked about a healthy spirit, how to have a healthy spirit. And the way to rejuvenate your spirit or to have a healthy spirit, the key for that is prayer. If you want to have a healthy spirit, you have to be rooted and grounded in prayer. And we're going to go this week and go a little bit further. So last week was a healthy mind. I'm sorry, a healthy spirit. This week is a healthy mind. And the whole point of this uh, sermon series, how you're doing, is we need to be healthy. Our spiritual bodies, our, our physical bodies, we need to be in good health. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to break down four different areas. It's a four-week series where we're going to talk about four areas of health that we need because what vital is, we talked about this, is what vital is which that which is absolute, absolutely important and essential. What is ab- absolutely important and essential is a healthy spirit. Also, what is uh, important and, and absolutely important and essential is a healthy mind because our mind, it dictates everything that we do. Everything that you do stems from first, it springs from a thought in your mind. And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. But before we do that, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for freedom. Freedom in this country on the 4th of July weekend as we celebrate freedom for our country. We thank you for the freedom that we find in you. I thank you, Lord, that we were once bound and we were once entangled in sin but because of the price that Jesus paid for us, that we can find freedom in him. And I thank you for that freedom, that liberty that we find in Jesus Christ. And I pray that today that we will find freedom in our minds from any area that the enemy has caused us to be enslaved with wrong thoughts or wrong motives, wrong mentalities, Lord God, that they will be broken today by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that your presence is in the room, abiding any hindrances and distractions, but let the word fall on good ground today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A healthy mind. Y'all say a healthy mind. Healthy mind. And just a reminder, all the notes are on our app. You can download the app. You can follow along with the notes. You can add your notes. You can even go back and listen to all the messages that we've had uh, at church here. You can go to our app, download our app. And you can uh, follow along, listen to messages. All of our messages are also on Spotify as well. You just go to podcasts and you can see everything on Spotify as well. Just want to let you guys know that that is available for you. But a healthy mind, that's where we're going to settle in today. A healthy mind. And you might be asking yourself, why does having a healthy mind matter in my life? Why does having a healthy mind matter in my life. And I'm going to give you a few reasons why it does. Because you will go where you think. You will go where you think. Meaning this, that wherever you think about, that's what you'll do. You don't ever, you don't ever do anything with their first, without first thinking about it. So anything that you dwell on, it will become a priority in your life. 
Anything that you dwell on will eventually become a priority in your life. Earl Nightingale said this. He says, you become whatever you think about all day long. You become what you think about all day long. So just think about your thoughts. If, you, if it's late at night and you start thinking about hamburgers, you're going to be like, ooh, I need to go to Burger King and get me a hamburger. When you start thinking about, man, I'm just, if you could just even start thinking about sleep. I'm, I'm just a little tired. And you start thinking about sleep, next thing you know, I need to go home and get me a nap. And it's like whatever you dwell on, whatever you think about, eventually you will become or eventually you will do based upon because it's fixed in your mind. A healthy life and an unhealthy mind cannot coexist for long. A healthy life and an unhealthy mind cannot coexist for long. If your mind is unhealthy, at some point it will catch up to you and be evident in your lifestyle. So it's true that I can tell what you've been thinking about by the decisions that you make in your lifestyle. Because everything that you do is a product of what you think. So your lifestyle is all it is is a product of the things that you've been dwelling on. Because whatever you dwell on is what you're going to do. Think about it. You, man, I've been thinking about getting a new shirt. And all you can think about is that new shirt. You go to the mall, you buy that new shirt, and we see you wear the new shirt, and you want to tell everybody about the new shirt you just bought. Or you want to get a new hairstyle, or you want to get some new shoes, or a new car, or a new whatever. And you think about all these things, but when you finally get it, you want to show it off and tell everybody, look at what I just got. Why? Because it's what you've been thinking about. And I don't know if I told this story before, but that, this was back uh, at, our, at our former church. There was this guy in the church that he was very interested in this young lady in the church. Bad news is she was not interested in him. But that didn't stop him from trying to declare his feelings and his affection for this young lady. The problem was it became very stalkerish. So much so that we had to get pastors involved to have a conversation with this man and say, hey, you need to stop speaking to this young lady because she's brought it to our attention that this is making her very uncomfortable. Like you're, you're constant talking to her. She's not interested. Just leave her alone. Well, he didn't stop. And then it got to the point where we had, they had to ask him to leave the church. Like, hey, we've talked to you. We tried to address it. You're not listening to what we've suggested. So he's just going to ask you to leave the church. And the guy did. It wasn't a big drama. He left the church. Fast forward, maybe two, three years later, I was hanging out with a group of friends at Starbucks. We were just sitting out in Starbucks, just hanging out. And I noticed across the parking lot, like right in front of us, that was the guy. And the guy looked over, and he noticed us. And I knew he knew who we were because we were from the church. And so we were sitting there, and I saw us. He looked like he was getting in his truck ready to leave, but he got in his truck, and he just stayed there. And he waited. We stayed at Starbucks for like two and a half, maybe three hours. He waited in his truck for us to leave so he could come talk to us. And he came, and, he, and I was the first one that he saw, so he came to me. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? You know the first thing he said was, how's such and such doing? The girl. It's been about two or three years. He waited two or three hours just to come up to us and say, hey, how's such and such doing? Obviously, this man's mind has been fixated on this young lady. And I know that's crazy. It is very crazy. But the thing is, is that when your mind gets fixated on something, it's hard to break that cycle. And I'm using that as an example, but what in your mind have you been so fixated on that you feel like this is all I can think about is dominating my thoughts? That's why the mind is so important to have a healthy mind, 
because whatever you think about, it will begin to dominate your thoughts and it will eventually dominate your actions. It will dictate everything that you in life will be centered around what you're thinking about. So that's why it's important that we have to have a healthy mindset or a healthy mind. Your true priorities are what you dwell on in your mind. You can say, oh, I want to seek God, but your thoughts and your lifestyles dictate otherwise. You know how many people I know, oh, I just love the Lord. I, I want to serve the Lord. But their lifestyle doesn't show that they serve the Lord at all. Why? Because their thoughts are thinking about something else, not the Lord. Y'all catch what I'm saying? Whatever you think about, you magnify. So whatever you magnify, it consumes your vision. So what does that mean? That means whatever you think about, you begin to magnify in your mind, and you see everything through the lens of what you've been thinking about. So if someone says something to you and you hold bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, then everything that you do or every relationship that you see, you filter that through the vision of bitterness and unforgiveness because that's what you've been dwelling on in your mind. I can't believe she said that to me. I can't believe they did that to me. And that bitterness, that unforgiveness, it gets in your heart, and you filter everything through that, and it blinds, and it blinds your vision for your life. And not all your relationships are in disarray. You can't have any healthy relationships because your mind is so jacked up because you've been filtering everything through unforgiveness and bitterness or rejection or insecurity, and it's projecting on everything around you because it's first started in your mind. It's biologically proven that the more you dwell on something, the more it becomes ingrained in your mind, and it becomes, and you become obsessed with your thoughts. This is some serious stuff, y'all. The mind is a very, very, very serious thing, and a healthy mind is so important because nobody, because you have more self-talk with yourself than anybody else throughout the day. You're constantly talking to yourself all throughout the day. So the question is, what is your mind thinking about? Because you're the one that's feeding your mind those, those thoughts. And you dwell on those things. So we have to make sure that what am I allowing and I'm filtering through my mind? In sports, especially baseball, it's a very mental sport. Meaning that the, the more mentally strong you are, the better that you'll become. Because I've seen some guys that were really, really great athletes and great baseball players, but mentally they were weak. Meaning that any time pressure or any time um, uh, adversity come, they fold and they didn't know how to respond because mentally they couldn't handle it. They just break down and they just, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it just, they just break down. But mentally, if you're strong, it helps you overcome adversity because even when that adversity comes in your mind, you've already maintained that, hey, I know adversity is going to come sooner or later, but mentally I'm prepared to handle that. And when it comes, it helps you overcome it a lot more easier. And that's the same thing it is with our mind and life. We have to be mentally strong to say, you know what, I know that the enemy's going to throw things at my way, but guess what? I'm ready for your attacks, devil. And when they do come, I'm not going to give in to them. I'm not going to fold under pressure because my mind has been dwelling on the word of God, and now I know how to combat you with the word in my mind. We have to learn how to fight and attack the enemy with the word of God in my mind when he tries to combat us with those thoughts so we can be mentally strong. But mentally, if we're weak, guess what? You'll fold every time the enemy throws a little attack your way. You, begin, you just fold. Oh, I guess the devil got me again. I, get, I guess I'll just give up again. I tried. I, 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 it's just so hard because mentally you've already given up. But we've been in our readings. We've been uh, reading through the book of Acts. And I love we've been uh, studying Paul. And Paul was a man that was mentally strong. Paul had a strong mind. And it's so funny that 
on one hand, Paul was like, he was a missionary. He would travel from uh, town to town to city to city, different countries and all over the place. And there was this one time he was headed to a trip, but the believers urged him, Paul, do not go. But Paul was like, okay, I understand y'all's concern, but I'm going. Because mentally said, I'm so focused on the mission that God has for me. Even though you have great concern for me, I know the Lord is compelling me to go. So guess what? I'm going. But mentally, in his mind, he was already had this one thing. And how do you, and, and last week we talked about a healthy spirit. The way to have a healthy spirit is to have uh, prayer. This week, the way to have a healthy mind is focus. You have to have focus. Paul was focused on the mission that the Lord gave him. So in his mind, he said, there's nothing that's going to stop me from accomplishing what God has for me because my mind is focused on what the Lord has in front of me. It was a focus. So when your mind has a focus, it's easy to say, I'm staying on course because I'm focused. But when there's no focus, you're all scatterbrained. You don't know what to do. You ever talked to a little child before that's scatterbrained? And you're like, hey, I want you to go I want you to go in your room, and I want you to go bring me back a book. So they go in the room, and they come back with a shoe. It's like, what, why'd you bring a shoe? I, well, I forgot what I came in there for, but I saw these shoes, so I just wanted to wear them. It's like, well, go back in your room and bring me the book. And they go back in the room, and then they come back with something that's like, wait, wait. I, go in the room and bring me the book. And it's like, you have to break it down. And why? Because their mind is all over the place because there's no focus. But when you're focused, it's like this, this laser beam. Like, I know it's like sometimes you may not know what it, what, what it is, but you definitely know what it's not. When I'm focused on the mission that God has for me, sometimes I may not know what the vision or the full mission is, but I could definitely tell you what it's not because I'm focused on what the Lord has for me. And Paul, he gives us uh, some thoughts in Philippians about how to have a healthy mind or how to focus or how to filter through our minds. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus, that word focus, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling me. Also in Philippians Chapter 4, verse 8, Paul says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts, or focus your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul gives us clear instructions. This is how you have a healthy mind, by doing those things that we just read right there. So it has to be a focus on these things in order to have a healthy mind. So Paul gives us these things. So let's kind of break these down. The first thing is to have a focus is, you can write these down if you're taking notes. The first focus that we have to have is a focus on forgetting the past. A focus on forgetting the past. Paul says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Sometimes we can't have a focus on our future because we're so focused on our past. We're focused on, I'm bound by what I did. Oh, I made some mistakes. What is this? This We're focused on our failures. 
I'm, I, I just messed up so many times. God can never forgive me. God can never use me because I've messed up so many times in my past. I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. And you're so focused on your failures and your past that you can't move forward. And it paralyzes you in your thoughts because you can't focus on your future because you're so focused on your failures. But Paul says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Yes, I, yes there's grace. I, I learn from those mistakes. There may be consequences for my failures and my mistakes in the past, but guess what? I'm focused on moving ahead. Amen? He says also, don't be bound by what you did. That's, that's the failures. Don't be bound by regret. Some people live in regret. They just live in a place of regret. Every time you talk to them, they bring up the same sin that they, used, that they did. I just... I just have to repent for this again. And they keep repenting over the same, same thing again and again and again. Like God can't forgive you of that and free you from that. But every time you bring it to God, God's already forgave you for that. It's time to leave that in the past and to move forward. But because you can't get past the life's regrets, it bounds you. And you can't focus on what God has for you because you're so focused on past regrets. Also, don't be bound on what you could have done. Some people lived in a, well, if I was younger, I would do all this over again. I would raise my kids this way again. I would have took that job promotion this way. I would have moved over here. And we could live by and look, look, live in our whole lives about what I could have done. I could have been a great this, but I had these kids and I had to raise the kids. And you get all in this, what I could have done. I, if my life would have been better, but all this happened to me and and you get lost in the what could have been. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Paul says, forget the past. Don't be bound by your limitations. Some of us are bound by, well, if I grew up in a better community, if I grew up in a better home, if my home life was a little bit better, I'm just limited to, to, to what I've been exposed to. Don't be bound by your limitations. Also, don't be bound by who you were. This is your identity. Some people are bound by who they were. They can never shake the things that they've done or the person that they were, and they feel like they, they it's like this false humility where they feel like they need to be humble because of what they used, who they used to be. It's like, oh, I don't want to be that person that I used to be, or I can never shake free from the person that I used to be. I'll always be that person. Everybody will always see me as how I used to be. No, don't be bound by who you used to be. Be bound with who God sees you as. Because once you give it a, get a revelation of how God sees you and who you are and your identity in him, it'll make you forget about that past so quick of who you were. You don't even think about it. I don't even recognize that old me. That old me is dead. That old me is gone. Thank God that I found my identity in Christ. And my mind has been renewed and I'm no longer bound by who I used to be. But we have to get past the point I'm forgetting the past. So the first thing Paul says, I focus on forgetting the past. Say, focus on forgetting the past. Second thing is, we focus on filtering the present. Focus on filtering the present. This is, this is what it's like. It's like we guard our minds. We filter everything that comes through our minds. We, we filter it. And it's kind of like, you know, on the, on the movies and the TV shows where you see the guy being interrogated by the detective, and he's sitting in the chair, and they got the light on him. And the cop's like, where were you on the night of June 25th? And he starts interrogating him and asks him question after question after question after question to the point where the person, they may be telling the truth, but they're so nervous that it looks like they're guilty. 
because they're just so nervous. You know what I'm talking about? That's how we should be when we filter our thoughts. Where did this thought come from? What is this thought trying to do? Why is this thought trying to penetrate my mind? And we begin to filter everything that we think, and we begin to interrogate our thoughts to the point where we say, I'm not letting anything that's not of these things that we're about to talk about enter our mind. So we have to filter our mind through these things. First of all, is it true? When the thought comes in, you have to start to filter and say, interrogate it like a detective. Well, is this thought true? If I'm going to dwell on it, it needs to be true. And I first, is this thought true? Because some people live their life doing this. It's like they will assume that a person has a thought about them, and they live their whole life thinking what they think that other person thought. Does that make sense? And you could be thinking that somebody else thinks something about you that's not even true at all. But you living with that, and now you have this big offense, and you have this big grudge on this person, thinking, well, they think this about me, but it's not even true at all. But because you've been thinking about it, now it's dwelling in your thought. So you have to say, is this thought true? Is it proven? Is it facts? Is it accurate? What am I thinking about? Is it true? That should be the first thing that comes to your mind when thoughts come. Is this thought true? Because if it's a lie, then I'm immediately, I'm filtering and I'm canceling this thought out because I know that is a thought of the enemy. But I need to know that if I'm filtering these thoughts, is it true? Second thing is, and this is things that we just read, is it honorable? Is it honorable? Is it a dignified thought? Meaning, is this thought worthy of me, of having my attention? Is it honorable? Is it bringing honor to, to whatever it is that, that the thought is? Is, is it honorable? First, the next thing, is it right? Is this a righteous and a just thought? Is it a righteous and a just thought? And this is something that you may have not thought about this way, but when injustice happens to you, don't dwell on it. When injustice happens to you, don't dwell on it, but your natural reaction is to defend yourself. You say, well, why shouldn't I, should I dwell on injustice? Because that's how bitterness and unforgiveness happens. When something wrong happens to you, Immediately, bitterness and unforgiveness happen, and you start to dwell on that. You start, every time that you think about that person, you think about what they did to you. And that bitterness and that unforgiveness, it begins to, fel, uh, to, to fester and swell and grow on the inside of you. Now it's dominated to consume your thoughts because all you think about is what they did to me. I never forgive them for what they did to me. And you're dwelling on that unforgiveness. Don't dwell on the injustice that happens to you. You just ask God, God, heal my heart and heal that person too. Forgive them, Lord for what they've done to me. But is it right? Is it, I filter my thoughts. Is this right? Also, is it pure? Is this thought pure? Is it un, untainted? Or un, is it untainted? Because focus your thoughts on, on focus on keeping yourself unstained on, and on things that are unstained. Meaning this, that we live in a very perverse world. You can't even watch commercials now without them being perverted. There is so much perversion out there in the world, and all perversion means is a twisting of the truth. That's all. It's just a twisting of the truth. You can't even watch TV commercials nowadays without any bit of perversion. So you have to ask yourself, are these thoughts, are my thoughts pure? But also, what am I allowing to enter my, my eye gate? Is these th are these things pure? Because the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, eventually will come in your mind. So you've been watching those movies or those things, guess what, you're gonna start thinking about those things and dwelling on those thoughts. You start listening to certain things, guess what, you're gonna replay 
wrong conversations. You get in wrong conversations with people, they talking about perverse things, guess what? You're going to start going back to those conversations and dwelling on those thoughts. So you have to ask yourself, is this thought pure? If it is, we have to filter those out. I'm making sure that my thoughts are pure because I want to have a healthy mind. Amen? Also, is it lovely? Is this thought lovely? Focus on love or focus on, uh, on godly, faithful, loyal love. Is this thought lovely? Meaning that does this thought in my mind, does it magnify God? Does it show the love of God in any type of way? Is it, does it show a faithfulness or a loyalty in, in this thought or whatever the case may be? Also, is it admirable? Does it focus on good reports? Is this something that I can rejoice about? When you think about something, don't think about something that's negative. That, oh, I can't wait to gossip and tell everybody about this. That's not, that's not the report that we want. It's, you hear a good report about someone, it's like someone said, I just want to tell you, I was battling this and I went to the doctor and the doctor showed the report that I'm healed. That's something to rejoice about. And to t- Did you hear about sister such and such? She was going through this and now she's healed. That's something to rejoice about. That's something to spread about. Spread good news about good reports. Oh, I remember we were praying for such and such to get that promotion. And guess what? They got the promotion. And like, think about things that are of good report. Things that, that, that when, when someone hears, we can rejoice about that. Those are things that we should spread. Those are the thoughts that we should think about. Because what it does is, when you begin to dwell on good reports and things that, that we can rejoice about, it begins to encourage you. When you start thinking, man, it happened for sister such and such. Guess what? God could do it for me. And it begins to, you begin to encourage yourself when you think about things that are admirable. Also, is it excellent? And this word excellent in the Greek, it means the focus on the best in the genre, meaning that it's the best thought or the best thing in the genre. Like if you're talking about an athlete, it's the best uh, athlete in the genre. Is it excellent? Is it, is it these thoughts or these excellent thoughts? And the last thing Paul says is, is it worthy of praise? Is it worthy of praise? Does this object of, my, of your attention deserve applause? Does whatever it is that you're thinking about, is it worthy of praise? Is it worth celebrating the things that you're thinking about? So first Paul says that we focus on forgetting the past. Then he says we focus on filtering the present. And the third and final thing we focus on is we focus on fulfilling your destiny. Focus on fulfilling your destiny. Paul challenges us to think forward and upward. Think for forgetting the past. So if I'm not thinking about the past, that means I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about fulfilling my destiny. And I'm obsessed with fulfilling the call and the purposes that God has for me. I don't know what all of them are in detail, but I know it's something great. So my mind is focused on God. I know you have a destiny. I know you have a plan. I know you have a call on my life. I'm focused on fulfilling those things for you. I'm focused on moving upward. and I'm focused on moving forward and upward. Those are the things that I'm dwelling on. So what does that mean? That means when you focus on things like this, you will, you'll say things like this. I thank you, Lord, that my future is blessed. Lord, I thank you that my finances are blessed. That this year or this month or next month, this is going to be the greatest year financially that I've ever had. Lord, I thank you that my marriage is healthy. Lord, I thank you that my family is saved and my family is unified. Lord, I thank you that I'm blessed, that every area of my life is blessed. What is that? That means I'm focused on my future. I'm focused on moving forward and open on my destiny in God. And when you focus on things like that, guess what? It springs hope on the inside of you. 
hope begins to rise up on the inside of you. And now instead of depressed and, and, and disgusted and defeated, now when you start declaring things like that, when you focus on your future, it brings hope. The reason that most people don't have hope because they never speak to their future. They always stuck in the present right now. What am I doing now? How do I feel now? Don't know, not how do I feel now. What does God have for me in the future? Because my eyes are fixed on what I'm walking towards. That's what Paul was. When they were trying to hold Paul back and say, Paul, don't go. Paul's like, no, no. I know that I'm focused on what's ahead of what God has for me. He says, I know that jail and suffering and, and, and all those things, are those await me, but I'm bound by the Spirit to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. What are you saying that? I'm focused on fulfilling the call that God has on my life and nothing's going to stop me. So even though I know it's going to be a heartache and it's going to be hardship, guess what? I'm so focused on my future that nothing's going to stop me. Because you have to have that mindset in order to walk through the things that he walked through. And to walk through and accomplish the things that God has for you, you have to say, I'm fixed on my future. So what is this? We focus your future on your identity. Focus on your future identity. You will never become who you don't think you are. I say it again. You will never become who you don't think you are. So when you say things like, well, I'm just not that smart. I don't, I don't think God can use me. Well, God will never use you because you've already declared your identity that you're not smart. Well, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know that much of the word, so I can never share the gospel. Well, you just shortchange yourself right there. And we make all these statements about who we, what we aren't, that you'll never be the person that God wants you to become. Because you're so focused on, you'll never be, become who you don't think you are. Stop saying things like that and say, I am an overcomer. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am blessed. God does have a future for me. God, it will use me mightily for his glory. And you begin to declare and say things like that. Now you're speaking towards your identity in your future. But as long as you start saying who you're not and your shortcomings, guess what? You'll never move past that. And you always view yourself through the lens of whatever you see of the negative things about yourself. But we have to move past that. I'm totally righteous. I'm totally connected. I'm totally set free. I'm totally in the process of, of perfection. Are we going to be perfect? No, but I'm working towards the thing where God is perfecting me to be more and more like him each and every day. Thank God I'm not who I used to be, but I'm becoming more and more of who God wants me to be. And I begin to say things like that and declare things like that over myself. What is that? I'm speaking to my identity. And you begin to speak to your identity and say, I'm focused on my future identity. I'm focused on who who's God who God has created me to become. Amen. I focus on my future reward. My reward is to be with God forever. Y'all, for eternity, that is our reward, that we will be with God forever. That is a great reward. And when you fix your eyes on the reward of heaven, that I know that one day I will rule and reign in heaven with Jesus. I'll see God face to face. When we think about our future reward, it should compel you to say, I need to get busy. I need, to, I need to make sure that I'm focused on doing the things that God has for me to accomplish because when I, want to get, when I get to heaven, I want to receive my full reward. I don't just want to receive one-fourth of it. I want the full thing. I don't want to get back. I don't want to get to heaven and say, well, God, I had so much more for you, but you wasn't focused on what I had for you. You were focused on what you wanted to do. I don't want that to, I don't want that to be our conversation. 
I want to fulfill everything and receive the full reward that God has for me. Focus on your future reward. And the last thing also, focus on your future calling. Don't miss the calling that God has for you because your thoughts are fixed on other things. There's so many opportunities for God to use you right now, but you always miss them because you're focused on other things. There's so many opportunities right here in front of all of us, but if our eyes aren't fixed on God and what he's calling us to do, we'll just miss all these opportunities. God will be like, there's opportunities right there in front of you, but you don't see it because your, your thoughts are fixed on other things. So many times people say, I'm frustrated in my relationship with God. I, I, I just don't feel like I'm going anywhere. It's because your thoughts are fixed on other things. There's opportunity right there in front of you. You're just not seeing it because your thoughts are fixed on other things. But when you get your thoughts focused on your future calling, you're always looking for opportunity. God, where's that opportunity I can serve? God, what can I do to advance the kingdom? What can I do to advance the church? And when you start to fix your thoughts on your calling, guess what? Opportunities will pop up. You're like, whoa, I didn't realize it was that much for me to do. Yeah, because now your thoughts are fixed on that. But if you're not thinking about it, you always missed opportunities. And you always feel like nobody ever asked me to do anything. Why is that? Because your thoughts are not fixed on your calling. It's fixed on your circumstance. And our nature is always to fix our thoughts on what I'm going through right now. This is what I'm walking through right now, so this is what I'm focused on. I'll focus on that after I deal with what I'm walking through right now. But guess what? It's always going to be something that you're walking through. So once you finish walking through this, it's going to be something else that you're going to have to walk through. And then you're going to say, well, once I finish walking through this, then I'll focus on the calling. But guess what? You have to say, you know what? I know the enemy's always going to throw things in my way, but I'm focused on my calling. I'm focused on accomplishing what God has for me. And I'm fixing my thoughts on my future calling because I don't want to miss any opportunity that God has for me. Amen. So all these things we're talking about today, focus on forgetting the past, focus on filtering the present, focus on fulfilling your destiny. All these things is talking about focus in a way to have a healthy mind. If you focus on these things, you can't have you can't help but have a healthy mind because your mind is focused on serving the Lord and fulfilling the kingdom of God, the, the call that's on your life. Amen? Amen. And before we close, I, I just want to, I want to pray, and I want to talk about, we can't talk about the mind without talking about strongholds. Strongholds are things that dominate your thoughts. Things that, no matter how hard you try not to think about it, you find yourself always thinking about it. You, it feels like in your mind, I can't, I can't break free from these thoughts. I, it's, it could be thoughts of insecurity. It could be thoughts of fear, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of, of lack. I don't know what it is, but a stronghold could be anything. Anything that you feel like, I can't get free from these thoughts in my mind, that is a stronghold. And the enemy wants to keep you in a place where you have nothing but strongholds, where you feel like, I have no peace in my mind, I have no rest in my mind, because I can't break free from these thoughts that are driving me crazy. And sadly, some people have so many strongholds that they feel like the only way to end it is to end their life. I'm tired of having these thoughts. I'm tired of feeling this way. I just need to end my life to, to free my mind from thinking that's what strongholds do. It drives you to the point where you feel like there's no hope. I have no hope. But I want to pray for those today that you feel like, man, I have strongholds in my mind. Maybe you're watching online and you say, there are strongholds in my mind that I can't get free from. I want to pray for you in this moment right now 
The presence of God is here. The spirit of the Lord is here. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I thank you right now that as we pray that God is going to begin to break strongholds off people's minds right now. So I'm just going to ask everyone just to bow their, bow their heads and close their eyes. If, if you're experiencing strongholds and you say, God, free me from these strongholds that have been dominating my thoughts. I want to be free with no one looking around. Just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. If you've been, been bothered with strongholds, I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to do this. Just place your hands on your head over your mind, and just, I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you right now for each and every person, Lord God. I rebuke each and every stronghold and demonic power off their minds right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that there's freedom in their thoughts. There's freedom in their minds. And I rebuke every enslaving thought, every thought of bondage They'll be broken right now in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom over their thoughts. Will they be able to lay down at night and sleep in peace? Will they be able to go throughout the day and have peace and rest in their mind? I thank you right now, Lord God, that the spirit of liberty and freedom is coming right now. And I rebuke those strongholds and I command them to leave devil. You have no authority in our minds. You have no place in our minds. And I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Thank you right now that freedom is coming to our minds. Deliverance is coming to our minds as we fix our thoughts, as we fix our minds on you. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us word, that we begin to speak scripture over our thoughts, Lord God, that will bring even more freedom in our thoughts. I thank you right now for deliverance and freedom right now in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, for freedom in our minds. You can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that wants to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior this morning. I never want to give a, a, a message without an invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may be watching online and you don't have a relationship with God, but I want to give you that opportunity. You're in the building as well to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're in here today and you say, I want to be in right relationship with God, I want to come into an, a relationship with him. If that's you, just lift your hand with no one looking around. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just ask you to place your hand over your heart and ask everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. I thank you that I'm a new creation in you. I thank you that the old me is dead that my old life is dead, and I fix my thoughts and my focus on my future in you. I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving me hope, that you're giving me a future, and that you're giving me purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give a hand clap for those that made that decision to follow Christ. And if you made that decision and you're watching online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision follow Christ. Also, if you're in the room and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, I made a decision. You can fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket on the way out. Also, if you're watching online, thank you for joining with us. We'd love to invite you to church uh, this Wednesday. I'm sorry, not this Wednesday. You enjoy it with your family for 4th of July, but uh, we'll invite you next Sunday to our service. Uh, we'll continue our series, How You Doing? We'll move forward to another topic, but before we disconnect from online, we want to pray uh, for those that are prepared to give online, there's a couple ways you could do that. You could give on our app, 
You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org, or you can mail in a check or money order. You can find the address on our website or on our Facebook page. But we're going to pray for the tithes for those online, the tithes and offerings online, and then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for the tithes and offerings that are coming in today. I thank you that it be a blessing, Lord God, to the kingdom of God for the advancement of the kingdom. I pray that you bless in each and every giver, Lord God. Bless their finances. Bless every area of their life. I pray that you would draw them closer to you, Lord God, that you would speak words of life over them, over their future in you. I thank you for it right now. Bless the tithe and the offering, Lord God, that's coming forth. Multiply it and stretch it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to see you in the building with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. You guys have a great rest of the day. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, just a few.